Welcome to Inside the OC, a podcast about the world's largest participatory sporting event, the United States Bowling Congress Open Championships. Join Matt Canizero and Daniel Farish as they talk to some of the greatest names in the history of the tournament. The Eagles are ready. Let's take flight. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Bowl TV and the Inside the OC podcast. My name is Matt Canizero. Looking forward to another great show today on this Throwback Thursday. We're going to throw it back just a couple years to the 2017 USBC Open Championships in Las Vegas. We've got two champions lined up for you today. We'll have some great perspectives on the event and two winners from uh, different divisions this time uh, for the first time. But first, let me welcome in my co-host for today's show, Daniel Farish. Hey, man. How are you doing today? Great. Welcome back. And uh, we've got a we've got a fun one today, I think. Two terrific stories. Uh, so far, we've talked to some amazing Hall of Famers and title winners, men and women, uh, long-timers, newcomers, uh, the whole gambit. But today, uh-huh. uh, we're going to touch base with some bowlers from our other divisions, uh, the standard division, which is uh, the middle folks at the event, and then the classified division, which is our lowest average-based division. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Some, uh, some terrific memories here, and uh, we're going to... Just go ahead and get right to it, uh, unless you have any any thoughts or uh, any questions or um, any insight before uh, we bring in the first of our two guests. And uh, I know that you've kind of heard these stories uh, mm-hmm. in passing um, and only recently just talked to these gentlemen for the first time. But uh, again, the stories and the people, uh, the best part of what we do and, and all the times we get to sit down and, and hear the story behind the story uh, is even better. Some uh, often appropriate uh, for publication some <laughs> some not uh, but uh, getting to know the people as people uh, is pretty awesome and I think you're gonna like these two guys quite a bit I know I do and glad to have them on the show uh, let's welcome in first Dwayne Brasse from Louisiana and uh, wow Dwayne welcome how are you today sir hey Matt hey Daniel thank you for having me on your show all right. Well, thanks for uh, for joining us. I know you uh, you weren't sure at first what to expect, and um, I know you're you're a modest and humble guy, and, and you don't think perhaps that uh, that your story is uh, is as great as we do. But uh, we're going to tell it, and uh, and we really appreciate uh, your dedication now to the Open Championships. Uh, well, we're going to look back at uh, at your very short history here in just a minute. But right now, tell us how are things in Louisiana? You're you're right next door to me. I'm over here in Texas, Daniel, up in Kentucky. Uh, but what are things like in your neck of the woods? We've we've been that way twice uh, in recent years, bowled in Baton Rouge a couple of times. Uh, but uh, how are things where you are, and, and, and what's life like for you here in 2020? Well, we're all doing good. Um, we're surviving the coronavirus thing. Uh, the bowling has not started back yet, but I think – we should start back, um, you know, pretty quickly. Um, other than that, um, it's been it's starting to get warm, but other than that, everything is kind of slow and but getting back to normal. All right, now for you personally, uh, and now I know your tournament debut came in 2017, and you already were 61 yes, years sir. old at the time. So uh, obviously, just a, a few years ago now. Uh, but as far as day-to-day life and work and, and things, uh, what do you have going on it, and what are you able to do uh, from home, or have you been out and about these last few months? Well, 
I've been still doing a little bit of work. Uh, as you remember, I have a carpet cleaning company. We go and do professional carpet cleaning, water restoration type work. And we've been going out and doing emergency type as far as water extracting and stuff like that. Um, we haven't, we're just now starting to, to get back doing carpet cleaning way we, way we used to people are starting to let us back into their homes. And, um, as far as my, I don't know if you remember, uh, last time we talked, I had taken on a part-time job as as an assistant softball coach. And of course that all got shut down, uh, that, you know, I think it was 13th or 15th of March. We had to stop playing. All right. So, uh, of course, you're you're staying busy, which is uh, which is great. And then uh, bowling wise, the timing, uh, as unfortunate as it is in the world and, and things are crazy uh, timing wise for your bowling career, uh, it, it couldn't have worked out any better. Right. You had just uh, you said you had an injury and you had lined up a sub for your league. <laughs> Uh, and with uh, with the timing of it, uh, the sub didn't have to bowl a whole lot, so you didn't miss very much of your of your own competition. He bowled once at my expense. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we, and uh, no, uh, and what you're referring to, um, I uh, experienced a broken arm. Uh, it was the Wednesday before we stopped playing softball. We were uh, practicing and. I was doing what we call soft toss and one of the young ladies were, she hit the ball just right. And whatever I did wrong to her, she got me back. Yeah. I was going to say, I didn't think the carpet cleaning business was that dangerous. So that, that makes a little <laughs> bit more sense, uh, but uh, hopefully you're, you're healed up and getting ready for bowling to resume. Um, and uh, you know, we'll talk again about your plans for 2020 and 21. Um, okay. But uh, as, as far as the bowling, uh, I know, um, you've been at it for, for a few years now, just in general, uh, kind of working your way up to open championships competition. And uh, just tell us about your bowling background a little bit and, and your, and your league participation and kind of, kind of where you focus uh, your, your bowling throughout the year outside of the open championships. Okay. Well, I started bowling back in, in the mid seventies. Uh, at Northwestern State University, that's the uh, college where I was attending at the time, there was a PE class, and they offered bowling. And I, I took bowling. We had a, a little lane, a little place down what, what was called the Student Union, and there was like six lanes in there. And so that's the first uh, of my bowling experience. Uh, after that, in the uh, mid to late 80s, uh, my wife and I joined the league and we probably bowled two or three years. And then our oldest daughter, Randall, uh, was born. And so when the twins were born 18 months later, we decided that we may need to take some time off from bowling. So we did. And we had to, um, you know, work our lives through our daughters after that. Oh, yes. And Randall is a daughter. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough, and and certainly admirable to uh, to put the family first and 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 take care of business there. Uh, but then eventually, you got the chance, you got the invitation to come join us at the Open Championships in 2017. Uh, again, at 61 years old, and having been in Louisiana for as many days as we have in the last few years, 
I couldn't be much friendlier uh, than any place that, that I've ever been. Um, why did it take so long for, for them to talk you into joining us on the tournament lanes? Well, about five or six years before that, I would say probably 2012, my wife got back into bowling. And being competitive as I am, uh, I let her bowl a half a year, and then I started bowling again. And so then we bowled probably four or five years, and they were telling me already uh, they would go to the, the national tournament. And I don't know if you remember Aaron Delisard. He's the one who arranges everything for us through y'all to for us to go to the tournament. Uh, and uh, I, I want to mention Aaron's name because he deserves a lot of thanks for doing what he does for us. But anyway, uh, they would come back and tell me stories. And so I finally said, well, let me know when y'all go. And so they, that when they started getting ready for 2017, uh, they came up to me and they offered me uh, a spot, a chance to go. And I accepted it. And my wife and I, we decided we were going to make a vacation out of it. And we went to the resort uh, offhand. I can't remember the name of the resort in Las Vegas, but um, uh, we went there. And uh, of course, as you know, the rest, uh, as they say, it's kind of history. What, uh, what was it about the stories they told you about the open championships that made you decide to want to go? Was it talking about the venues they bowled in or the stories off the lanes or what it was like to compete in that type of environment? What was it that made you say, absolutely, I want to go do this? That's a good question. Aaron is our probably number one, number two bowler uh, in the, in our league. Um, he would come back and, and tell these, these stories. Uh, he and his father would go, but what really got me excited, he had come back and it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't the uh, national tournament that I bowled in, but he had gotten a chance to bowl with one of the professional bowlers. And he started talking about how much fun it was. And then of course that with them talking about the national tournament, of course they had go, they go to state tournaments and stuff like that. Uh, they talk about how awesome they are about the competition and I just wanted to experience. I just wanted to, to see, uh, and yes, I am to, to use Matt's word, humble mm -hmm. <laughs> and a little bit shy, but I like big stages. You know, I like the adrenaline and I like the competition. And so, I decided that I wanted to do it. And of course, my wife always agrees with me. Jenny always agrees with me. <laughs> so we, we went. Well, certainly the stage doesn't get much bigger than the open championships when it comes to bowling and the competition doesn't get much tougher uh, than bowling against over 50,000 uh, of your closest bowling friends over the course of four and a half months at the OC. Your first time out there going to Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas can be a bit of an, an intimidating city if you just put the bowling aside and look at the trip itself. Uh, what, were your, what were your goals for this trip? Okay. Could you repeat the, the last question? The question? As far as the last going out thing that you said. Yeah. As far as going out and bowling the Open Championships for the first time, 
Uh, what were your goals set on the lanes? Okay. Well, I think Matt asked something similar to that um, last year in Syracuse. And I really didn't have an answer for it, but I'm going to try to answer it anyway. Okay. Um, I really, my only goal was to, my only goal was to really try to perform well. And I, I, I didn't have any, any really real expectations. Um, I just, you know, took in everything. And of course that would kind of make your hands sweat right there. But, um, (laughs) As um, as I started bowling, um, I was just trying to do what was uh, suggested to me uh-huh. by uh, some of the local pro vendors there. And, of course, I just kept telling myself, as I was talking to Jenny the other night, I kept telling myself, hit board seven, hit board seven. So I was trying to hit that mark. It sounds like you, you kept it pretty simple, which is which is great. Didn't overthink it. Uh, but I know talking to you at that point, also, you, you did the right thing, and, and you went in ahead of time. You didn't just walk in when it was time to bowl, but you went and you checked out the venue. You looked at the event, the competition, uh, certainly all the intimidating factors that come with the Open Championships, at least some of them. Uh, you're able to get a little bit more comfortable in that setting and kind of see how it works. I mean, there's, there's nothing that's ever going to replicate – walking out to the lanes and, and hearing the national anthem and getting ready to bowl for the first time. But uh, as far as going in ahead of time and checking things out and just walking up that escalator for the very first time, talk about the feelings as you rounded the corner, you passed the booths, you saw all the equipment and everything, the leaderboard right there. Uh, and then there it is 60 lanes, 30 on each side at the South point bowling plaza. I imagine a little bit different than, uh, than your 26 lane center back home. And, uh, you know, the, the big ceilings and the bright lights. And, and just talk about that moment for us. Well, like you said, the first thing, we were just overwhelmed with the resort itself. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have to leave. You didn't have to leave that place. It had, what, a dozen restaurants. Mm-hmm. It, it, it had another bowling alley in it already. It had a, mm-hmm. a movie theater. And we're not even talking about the 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 slots and stuff. So um, it was, and then entertainment, it was just overwhelming mm-hmm. uh, just walking to a place like that for me. But, um, and, but, and then, like you said, going into the bowling area, the, the, all the lanes um, uh, that was just remarkable um, being able just to see that, uh, let alone get a chance to participate and bowl on those lanes. And like you said, we went earlier enough. We, I had a friend with me, with us, Stanley Flanagan. Flanagan. Uh, he um, took me over to one of the vendors, and we decided that we were going to have our balls cleaned and stuff like that. So we had our bowling balls um, um, I, I can't remember the little machine that they put them in, but to get the oil and stuff out of them. And, um, and then we went and we talked to the, the guy there that was, that was doing the work. And uh, he was an old timer and I can't remember his name, but it seemed like he had won it 
before. And uh, so he, he gave us some advice as to, you know, try what mark to try to find and what mark to play and stuff like that. And um, um, then we later went to the other bowling alley and practiced a little bit. Luckily, we did because my first ball there was in the gutter. But uh, <laughs> that's OK. Uh, and then um, after that, I just we just I just tried to relax and get ready for that moment. But then when you step on that that floor and you walk out there with that national anthem playing and, you know, it's, it's remarkable. Now, coming from an athletic background uh, and you mentioned the, comp- the pe- competitiveness and the big stage and, and all the things that go into what the Open Championships really is about. Um, I, I know that you certainly had an appreciation for the competitive aspect of the event and the prestige and the history. And, and you just, uh, you probably feel that walking into venue and I'm sure it sounds like your teammates had you prepared uh, as far as what to expect from the experience, at least a little bit, uh, knowing that the conditions were going to be a little bit more challenging than what you've seen at home. Uh, and then you got to it, you were focused, you kept it simple. Uh, and then, and then you found your way onto our radar. Uh, you were, you were just there, as you said, just, you know, trying to be competitive, have a good time. Uh, you guys, you know, the group had a, a couple of beers, relaxed, uh, just enjoying the, the experience of being there together. Uh, and then, um, your situation was that you were making a run in the singles event. So they brought that to my attention and I was, I was ready to watch some scores. And, and of course, part of what we do then is, uh, in the classified division, certainly, uh, is check on your previous events. So team event doubles. How did you do? Uh, is there any, uh, all events implications here? Uh, all this happened. You had no idea. We, we found out later, uh, you were just bowling, having a good time. Strikes were adding up, uh, which is perfect. You're not overthinking it. Uh, you know, not too much to get in the way of what you're doing. Uh, so you leave the rest to us and, and we handle it. Uh, and so I get there and uh, you know, singles is over. You, you came up just short of the lead in, in the singles event. Um, and one of your teammates got to me first. And I, I like this part of the story uh, because he stopped me and he saw me. I was, I was in the, I was the guy in the tie walking with the radio and the clipboard. So uh, he wanted to share some feedback with me uh, just about the event in general and, and his feelings. And, um, you know, we, we appreciate, you know, all the thoughts and, and his performance wasn't quite as memorable. I don't think in, in the same regard as yours, but uh, he, he let me know some thoughts uh, about the event in general. And, and I thanked him and, and I said, well, uh, I'm going to talk to your, your teammate here, your friend Dwayne, uh, who, who might feel a little bit differently uh, as he has just taken the lead and classified all events. So he will be uh, on top of the leaderboard. Uh, and then that's when we met for the very first time. And uh, I don't, I don't want to say that you, were, that you were afraid in that moment, but certainly I had no idea why this guy in a tie with the clipboard and the camera was coming after you. Can you, uh, can you just... Tell us about that initial interaction uh, when you guys saw me coming, and, and and first you didn't even believe me. Well, I'm going to start by explaining to you that that story has gotten bigger and bigger over the last three years, okay? That fish is now this big. <laughs> but whenever you walked up, Whenever you walked up, I said, man, this guy looks important. I said, what have I done? You know? And uh, so you walk up to me and I'll tell you, it's, it's really hard for me to, to, to really 
express the feelings, okay? But you walked up to me, Mr. Brose. Um, what if I told you that you had just moved into the lead for the overall championship? And I didn't know what to say. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I didn't know what to say. Uh, and I can't even remember what I said, but you went on because you didn't want me to stand there too long. Anyway, you went on and you you said, what if I told you that next year when you come back, your name could be up there on that, uh, on, on one of those big banners with the score and your, you know. And, well, like you love pointing out, you know, I kind of got teared, teared eyed, you know. And uh, so I think if I remember correctly, I asked if you would give me a moment uh, and because I wanted to go wash my hands. OK, but uh, I splashed a little water on my face, too, while I was there. But it was it was an emotional time. It was very emotional. Well, and, and that, of course, is part of what makes it so great for me to be able to share that story and relive it and uh, really not embellish it all that much. I mean, it was it was that memorable of a moment for me. Um, because you really you you didn't know, but like as it as we talked and as it started to click, um, you really could see that appreciation uh, growing uh, for what you had just accomplished, and and you know being it was only your first time at the event, certainly understandable not to be completely understanding of of uh, the process or or the divisions or uh, some of the different things that happen at the tournament. So uh, we talked about you know what all events was all about and what it meant and and the banner certainly was uh, was a great illustration and so we turned around and we looked at it and uh, the winning score the previous year was pretty close to what you had just posted uh, and and mm-hmm. your number was was well ahead um you know in that category with just a few days left in the event we were just about a week away yeah. uh, but i think looking because again being the athlete that you are and the coach and uh you know it's I guess the, the championship banner is kind of a universal thing. So to look up and see a 20 foot banner in the rafters and then realize that that person has beaten every single person in that category to earn that title and that space uh, over the lanes, uh, that is when it clicked for you. And it's almost as if we heard it at that moment. Uh, and then that's when, you know, the, the emotions came and, and emotions for, for me as well, to be able to be the one to, to share that news uh, on, on what that could mean. Uh, and then uh, it was already in July. So we were very, very close to the end of the event. Uh, but as you mentioned, your wife was there, your teammates. And, and as the news kind of spread a little bit and everybody was, was clear on, on what had happened because it can't, for all events, it doesn't say on the scoreboard, there's not a number that tells you, you know, what the situation is. So as we talked about it with the group and started the interview and we did everything um, and I walked away, uh, what was the conversation like? What were the feelings like uh, for yourself and within the group uh, knowing now that uh, there'd be some serious scoreboard watching going over the next week? Well, I, I tried to share it with everybody and, and everybody was, was very receptive. Um, we went to eat and stuff like that, but um, uh it, they enjoyed it as much as 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 I did. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to say that uh, they were they were were pleased for me, and uh, they, you know, they, they they were part of it. And of course, I don't think we even had a chance to uh, to get to uh, 
dinner that evening. And um, the uh, there's a website here called Nagish Parish Journal, and somebody had already called them and had sent them a little article, and I was uh, a town hero for for a few moments. But um, it, it was it was enjoyed by all of them, and they were happy for me. And as far as the week goes, I didn't have to check the internet one time. I didn't have to check because every day somebody was letting me know. Nobody's passed you yet. You're still in lead. So, all right. Well, that means uh, if you saw it in the paper, that means that that we did our jobs, which is great, and very proud to, to share that story. And uh, I'm glad that you got the recognition that you deserved. And uh, as it got closer to that final day, uh, did it start to build up a little bit more? Maybe the excitement and the understanding, and and just uh, again, one of the the most humble guys and appreciative guys I know. Um, as you awaited that phone call, and then it finally came. Um, more emotions, I'm sure. Uh, well, I, to be honest with you, Matt, um, the phone call came and I was at mass that Sunday when it, when it came. And so I kind of missed the call. So, uh, they had to call me back later, uh, at another time and, 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 and we talked about it, but, uh, it was, it was very exciting and of course, uh, before I even got the phone call, I'd already had my some of my buddies let me know that, hey, it's over and nobody's passed you. So uh, they were keeping up with it for me. I promise. All right. Well, what an experience, and and that's just really part of it. You take the lead, you wait it out, you get the call, uh, and then uh, the preparation for next year, no doubt. I think the the best way to make sure that a first-timer becomes a second-timer uh, is, is by winning, for sure. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, if there's well, any question that you'd be coming back, um, just talk about the month that followed the phone call and, and the, the Eagle presentation and, and the celebrity status that I'm sure uh, when you were in your bowling league well, and local events. Well, as you know, uh, uh, I'm a member of Country Lane Bowling Center, uh, bowling a couple of their leagues there. And uh, I think it was the Monday Night League. Um, Mr. Campbell, I believe was his name, from Baton Rouge. Um, he had emailed Ken Newhauser. Uh, Ken, a very good friend of mine, is the owner of Country Lanes. But Ken didn't share it with anybody for some reason. And I was a little bit late that evening, but I got there just before it was time to practice. Well, I walk over to my lane and I mentioned my buddy Stanley a while ago. Stanley says, here, give me your phone. They need you up there. They, they, they got something for you up there. Give me your phone. And I didn't know what he was talking about. He's always doing something. So I gave him my phone and I started walking up towards the front and, uh, Mr. Campbell was there and, uh, Mr. Campbell, he made a, a very nice uh, announcement presentation, and uh, he uh, he told him a little bit about what the eagle was, and he presented it to me, congratulating me. We took pictures, and uh, there was a nice little article in the Nagadish Times, a local newspaper here that that told about it. All right, so to to finally hold it and to have it and own it um, and take it home and and be able to. To remember that day, uh, what does that mean now to be in your first year a part of tournament history? Something that uh, that they can never take away. 
Well, now it means a whole lot to me. I did not realize how prestigious one of these these awards were, um, that it started in the early 1900s and, and had been going on, you know, for a long time. Um, and then when I found all that out and to realize uh, that I have one sitting here right behind me, um, it, it, it's just a feeling that it, 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 it's, it's a good feeling. It's, I wish everybody could win one, but then um, um, it's just, it's just fantastic. All right. Now, of course, with winning comes quite a bit of fanfare when you return to the event. The following year, you got to walk in to the On Center there in Syracuse, uh, and you got to see your name on a banner as well. Um, again, that was the moment the year before that, that really it clicked for you. Um, how did it feel walking in and seeing seeing your name and knowing uh, that you were uh, just about getting ready to, to get introduced as a champion for the first time? There's a, a championship watch presentation. I'm not sure that you knew that was coming either. There's a photo of that. Uh, but 2018 had to be pretty special as well coming in and, and seeing your name and face all over the venue. Uh, yeah, that that was really, how do I say this? It was, it was hard for me to, 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 to cope with all this attention. Uh, yes, I knew that the, uh, the watch was going to be presented. Uh, and of course they had mentioned to me that they were going to announce the winners, uh, past winners and, uh, and that we were to walk out, but it, it just, I was, I was proud. I'll be honest with you. I was proud. I was happy for the, for the people who were, who were there to share it with me. Uh, the people in the stands who were there, you know, wives and stuff of the, of the other bowlers, and and uh, they were there sharing it with us. And uh, I was I was glad to be able to do this for not only myself but them, the bowling alley, Nagadish. Uh, it, it's it was fun. It was fun. I'll be honest. It was fun. All right. Just uh, also. I guess the, the big misconception with the Open Championships, too, is that it's for the elite players, the, the top tier. Uh, a lot of people don't go or haven't gone because they think they, they can't compete. Uh, it's too challenging. Uh, but we do have the three average-based divisions now. And bowling in the classified division at the time, it was for bowlers with averages of 180 or below. Uh, that would be a, a league average on a house shot, and, and, and you fit in there. Um, but coming in, knowing that your, your league average was in the 150s, 160s, um, did at any point, I guess one, did you consider uh, that you would be the, the man in the spotlight getting these awards and, and being a champion, having an Eagle and um, you know, was that explained to you prior to going that absolutely you can compete. There is a place for you at this event, regardless of what your average is. No, it, it, it really was, um, wasn't explained to me, but I, I knew that, that it was 180 or below. And I knew that it was not handicap, no handicap. Um, but 
I went there to have fun. And whenever you start bowling two hundreds, you're having fun. It, it's fun. <laughs> and so uh, I, I, I just wanted to, to at least bowl one 200 game. And I did that the first night. And then so I said, well, I guess I need to try to bowl a second one, you know. And then I had the 500 series, which, um, you know, was really my first 500 series. I think I had like one in the 570s or something like that. And so uh, I said, well, I'm doing just keep doing what you're doing, Dwayne. You know, that's what I told myself. And then when I got to 600, uh, I was happy that I bowled a 600. That was my first 600 series. And so then when, you know, Matt walks up to me and uh, says, hey, what if? I said, okay, you know, this is fun. You know, anyway, well, <laughs> that's pretty much what I was doing. It's come back 2018. You've, you've got the watch presentation out on the lanes. You said you kind of knew that was coming. But directly following that watch presentation, you've got to get right back into bowling, right into team bowling. Uh, your numbers mm-hmm. in 2018 weren't as high as they were in 2017. It was a little bit uh, closer to what your league average is. Um, but explain what it was like going from the, the pomp and circumstance of being announced as a defending champion and a champion at the lanes and getting the watch. And then almost immediately the lights come on and you've got to go out and compete. You said that in Vegas it was about having fun. Uh, were you trying to attack it a little more seriously in Syracuse because of the championship the previous year, or were you still trying to have fun? Well, I was still trying to have fun, but at the same time, um, I was there more for a purpose. Uh-huh. And, of course, one of them being the presentation uh, and the announcement um, I think Matt and I spoke, talked for a little bit uh, the day before. And to be frank with you, when I walked on that lane after everything, especially after they announced and I walked out to the to the lane and then came back out, I could not get the ball on my hand mm-hmm. and get it back off again. Uh my hands were just drip, almost dripping wet. I mean, you know, they were perspiring. And um, so I literally had to put my fingers, my thumb halfway into the ball mm-hmm. so that I could get it out and, and start bowling. Uh, not an excuse. I just now I have more empathy for those guys who do this every week, every month, you know. And uh, it's it's just living. I, I now have a greater respect because I know I know now a little bit about how mm-hmm. hard it is to do this week in and week out. Uh, that's not an excuse. Uh, uh, my joke is, you know, what you do in Vegas stays in Vegas. And I I, I tell everybody my joke was my bowling stayed in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Well, setting the bowling aside in Syracuse, uh, you know, not looking at the numbers, but looking at the experience as a whole, the trip itself, coming back as the champion, all the the um, ceremonies you went through. What was the experience like coming back as a champion? Uh, 
it was fun. Um, my biggest problem was um, the expectation, mm-hmm. um, the uh, wanting to be able to repeat, wanting to do it again. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, let's face it, I, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm a 150, 160 average bowler. And uh, this type of bowling, when you're that close to, um, you know, I mean, an at 200 average over a nine games, uh, that's that's really hard for for a person who bowls maybe once or twice a week uh, to uh, to maintain. But however, it was fun. I enjoyed every minute. I enjoyed seeing my face out there on that on that picture by the bowling, you know, uh, by the pins down there. Uh, I enjoyed taking the pictures and sending them to my daughters and saying, hey, look, you know, uh, I enjoyed the banner. I enjoyed the whole experience. Okay, Uh, And hopefully it won't be a once in a lifetime. But if if it is like everybody keeps telling me, I had that one. Well, you know, you returned to Las Vegas last year uh, where you captured lightning in a bottle the year before. And by the way, let me tell you, uh, the year, you know, in Vegas in 17, you shot 1745, uh, right around a 194, 195 average. I've got a lot of friends here in the Kentucky area mm-hmm. that averaged 220 in league that would love to shoot 1745 at the Open Championships. Um, but you, you come back to Las Vegas. For a second, you come back to Las Vegas for a second time last year. What was it like returning back to the same city, the same venue uh, where you captured that title just two years previous? Well, nobody remembered me. So except for Matt, Matt's the only one that remembered me. So uh, uh, I was back to normal pretty much. Uh, but um, it, it, it was nice. It was almost like going to a place that, that you knew. Mm-hmm. And, um, course jenny didn't get to go with me uh last the last time last year so uh i was kind of by myself but uh it, it was fun i i i hung out with the guys and um and then we bowled and and it was good it was good well, sir, I'm, I'm always gonna love telling this story and and who knows how it might grow in the next 20 years or so uh, we're certainly glad to have you as part of our tournament history as well. Hopefully you're now sold Thank on the you. Open Championships a little bit, uh, and we'll see you from year to year. Uh, I know we're not going to see you in 2020. You said you guys have postponed. You're going right. to hold on until 2021. Uh, back at yes. South Point in Las Vegas. Uh, I'll look forward to seeing you and your wife and all your teammates, all of them, uh, anytime and any year to uh, just catch up and uh, talk, ask questions, whatever the situation may be. Hopefully it's another situation where I'm coming down with the camera and the tripod uh, and we're doing our thing. Uh, but man, I will, uh, I will forever be grateful to, uh, to be a part of that day and, uh, and to be there to, to break the news to you. Well, thank you, Matt. I, I, I appreciate you. All right. Well, Dwayne Brasse, our 2017 classified all events champion, a first timer at the time, hopefully a, a lifetimer now at the open championships. And uh, what a great story. Uh, if you missed any of it, of course, go back, check it out, uh, and hopefully we'll talk to Dwayne again soon. Thank you, sir, for joining us today. 
Uh, and now we're going to switch. Thank you, Thank you, Daniel. Thanks, Wayne. We're going to switch gears and uh, move on to our standard division. And another great story from a, a very a well-spoken champion. Uh, it was the inaugural year of the standard division uh, that came in between regular and classified. Uh, there was a spot, I think, in, in the open championships uh, and the surveys and the feedback that showed uh, there was a group of bowlers in that 181 to 205 to 210 range that uh, just felt maybe a little bit less competitive, that they weren't going to be in contention for the Eagles necessarily, maybe some prize money, uh, but it was discouraging at times, and 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 that meant um, some would come by, check us out for a couple of years, uh, and then dip out, and some some new folks would come in. So, uh, in in a way to potentially retain those those middle of the way bowlers who were still kind of on the up, working their way, perhaps, um, you know, the standard division came about, and it was something that uh, that the surveys all kind of asked for, uh, and it happened. And and one of the gentlemen uh, who was able to Enjoy that very first year of the standard division, Mr. Stuart Shack coming to us from North Carolina. And uh, he was a standard doubles champion in Las Vegas in 2017. So we're going to hear about the same event, but a little bit different perspective, sir. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Fine. Thanks. Hi, Matt. Hi, Daniel. Nice to see you. Howdy, Stuart. All right. Doing great. Thanks for being here. Looking forward to sharing your story as well. Uh, you were not a first timer in 2017. In fact, uh, you'd already put 20 plus years into the open championships and you know, you and your, your partner, Robert Tonelli, you guys were those guys that I just described. You love the event and the travel and the camaraderie uh, and going out there and competing for the prize money. And, and if things were to fall into place for a day, uh, making a run at the leaderboard or potentially an Eagle. Uh, but can you describe some, some of the feelings that you had uh, about the event, the things that made you keep coming back year after year, uh, and then we'll talk about kind of what 2017 meant uh, and how maybe uh, invigorating and 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 reevaluating the the addition of that third division was for you. Sure thing. Well, you know, I started you know a lot lot longer than Dwayne. I know it's his first year, and congratulations, Dwayne. Uh, I was first bowling back when uh, it was the ABC tournament, and let me tell you, that was such an event. The atmosphere is so, so different. I mean, it's big now, but it was really overwhelming to me back then, because if you remember how they set things up uh, back in those days in the 1990s or, and earlier, the uh, the venue is so much larger. I remember the ball returns being so far back that you had to literally walk past them just to get up onto the lanes. And that was very intimidating. Uh, but I saw what my teammates were were saying when they were when they tried to uh, recruit me to bowl with them, and they said, you know, doesn't matter. We didn't we don't bowl for the prize money. We bowl for the prestige of bowling in this tournament. And uh, that stepping in there for the first time, it was it was crazy. And as much experience as I have bowling, I had to say when I got up on the got in there. I literally was nervous to bowl and you figure like, gosh, I haven't been like that since I was, you know, younger. And uh, it's an experience that, that, that I wish uh, some people, you know, could, could, uh, could live. All right. Now you hail from uh, the Maryland area and uh, a lifetime uh, in Maryland, some great bowlers coming from out that way. 
Uh, we've got Kelly Gaines in the chat. I wanted to say hello to you earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Gaines, her husband. Uh, and uh, Danny Weissman, of course, a uh, terrific bowler from the Baltimore area as well. So uh, some great talent and some some folks for you to, I'm sure, look up to and uh, some supporters of yours now as well as a, as a champion at the OC. Uh, your career started in 96 in Salt Lake City, uh, and it started pretty okay, and it got progressively better. And uh, it turned into a, a really, really good first year. Uh, all intimidation aside, uh, you had a great year at the Open Championships, and uh, is that part of what had you come back, or was it, or was it already sold uh, the minute you walked in and, and saw the venue? Well, I was bowling. I bowl with uh, a lot of good friends, and I bowled league with them. I've known them for a long time, and yeah, that first year, yeah, I, I got sold after after doing it. Plus, it you know gave us a chance to travel and to see different areas. Uh, it didn't take much uh, uh, to sell me. I mean, it was. It was tough. It was you alert you find out that of how good you really are or not by bowling in the nationals and the, the open championships. It's it's an experience and the conditions are so different. And when I experienced that, I you know wanted to do it more and you know to get better at that. Now we mentioned your doubles title in 2017 you came with Robert Tonelli, who uh, also came from the Maryland area and then retired to Las Vegas. Uh, but uh, the way I understood it was that you guys bowled doubles together uh, all of your career at the Open Championship. So Las Vegas was year number 22 for you. Uh, and this longtime friend, longtime doubles partner, uh, how special is that to, to lock in the same partner? How did that happen? And you mentioned a close group of friends, but how did it work out that you guys were, were able to bowl doubles together all those years? You know, I, we had a core of bowlers that we bowled with. We've had a few members change on the teams, but the core was me, Bob, and our captain, Mark Josefowitz. And we, we, we just, we kind of had the grouping of how we do the doubles. Um, Bob and I get along very well. Uh, and we just seem to be like the, just kind of the similar, just the similar, uh, just similar fellows to bowl together. And so every year we just bowled and bowled, you know, we, and we could help each other. And he had mentioned that we had the times where a lot of times we bowl, we either would both stink. He'd bowl good. I'd bowl better. You know, as you doubles is really hard to get mm-hmm. both people going. And he says, we never have, we never have it where both of us are bowling good at the same time. Now, while that was your 22nd event, that was number 41 for Bob. So you guys had had, had been around, you experienced the tournament, the ups and downs, the cities. uh, But here you are, kind of with a little bit of a new life, the new division. Uh, Can you tell us when you found out about that and and that it was average-based and that you guys would fit in? What are the thoughts there? Well, my thoughts were... A little different than some of my teammates. Uh, everybody had a different feeling. Uh, when I first started in '96, you know, we were in the regular division, so we've always been in the in the in the scratch uh, scratch division. When I heard about the standard, I was pretty excited about it. Uh, some of my teammates uh, were not, but uh, so we didn't think much of it. I you know I kind of tried to settle a little bit. I said, hey, you know, give it a try. We'll just you know we'll just continue doing what we do and. We'll just see what happens, and uh, and being the first year, really didn't know what to expect, since uh, you know there was no baseline there. 
Yeah, did it, hearing about this new division, did it change the way that you guys approached it, knowing that, hey, we're fit into a group of people that we can potentially be more competitive with that are closer to our average and our skill set? Did it, did it change how you guys approached the event that first year in 2017? I, I think so. I, it did. It did, for, at least for me. I, I did uh, think that, uh, especially I'd you know, been going through some slumps like a lot of people had. And mm-hmm. so it was kind of so there were a lot of changes going on. And so having that division kind of took a little not took a little pressure off knowing. Mm-hmm. But still, I knew it wasn't going to be easy because bowling it so long. I know what the conditions are like out there. So Robert lives in Las Vegas. You're on the East Coast, as you mentioned, Maryland, now North Carolina. Uh, how often did you guys communicate leading up to the event or prepare for the event, uh, whether it was just that year or the years before it? Well, I communicate a lot with his wife. So her and I, uh, I used to I used to work on a, uh, I work at some place where she'd be, she would basically, she'd call me a lot. She'd email me a lot and we, we'd stay in, we'd stay in touch. And uh-huh. But bowling wise, yeah, we would, you know, we'd chat back every now and then, but pretty much nationals was our way of, of getting everybody together again that had moved mm-hmm. away, that didn't stay together. So we, we had, we were looking forward to the tournaments and the challenges. And also it was kind of a, a nice way as a, a little reunion every year. Before I get to any more questions, I want to thank everyone watching on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and of course on Bowl TV, some comments coming to us. From the viewers, uh, for you, Stuart, first, Ryan Burks. Stuart, awesome man. Hope all is well. Uh, two-time 300 shooter at the OC, Daryl Carrion. Hey, Stuart, we bowled together in the same league at Fort Meade. Uh, quite a uh, talented player Daryl is in and of himself. And I think you'll recognize this name, Adriana uh-huh. Sheck. Yes, I'm guessing I that's do. Your, be your daughter checking in, and she says, hi, Daddy. That's her. So we get to 2017, and we asked uh, Dwayne this same question. It was his first a trip to the OC. This was your first trip to the South Point Bowling Plaza because it was the first year that the South Point Bowling Plaza was in use. What did you think of that venue when you walked, as we asked, up the elevator, down the long concourse, up another elevator to the booths, and then ultimately out into the lanes? Yeah, I, I did. I did little check in and heard some stories uh, leading up to our to our time, and saying everybody was saying a lot of people were saying how how far you had to really go to take your your stuff mm-hmm. and yeah it's a little different than some of the other venues some of the venues there were long too but this was but really long but it i didn't think much of it um just looking forward to bowling and to bowling with my daughter and and, and eventually and and my friends and seeing everybody there because my my daughter was gonna uh was gonna, was trying to get a spot to sub out there mm-hmm. and the, the, I wanted. I heard about the venue since Bob lives out there. He, he they gave us updates of how the center was coming along, and so it was very it was very exciting to know that there was going to be another another venue that is permanent, like in Reno. Had you been to the South Point facility, the property at all before? No, I have not. So that so was my all, first time. Did you all spend any time uh, before the bowling started, kind of scouting out the area? You know the whether it's the gaming floor or the restaurants, or the movie theater, where you just simply focused on the bowl. I, I checked out the whole place. Cause since I, I stayed there and okay. I, so I, uh, I'm always curious. So I like to look around and then we do the side events. And so I, I just, I just had to take it all in because 
you don't go to Vegas all the time. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So once you guys got on site, your, your doubles partner's there, your team, uh, all your people are there. Uh, what, what is your all's ritual before bowling? Do you go out to dinner? Do you hit the gaming floor? Do you catch a show? Or, you know, what do you all do together before the bowling starts? We we do have some routines. We we know uh, before we bowl, we kind of tune up with uh, with with uh, the Bowlers Journal side events. Okay. Uh, we actually have been doing using the practice lanes, uh-huh. the practice sessions. So we've signed up for those uh, um, for for a few years before that. So we get as we all get in there, we we just loosen up different ways, kind of using the, like I said, the side tournament and the practice sessions are our main things. We do have our gatherings where we usually gather for dinner and go to certain places. It depends on where the location is. Okay. Uh, you know, we have some, we have some uh, favorites in some other places where we go, oh yeah, let's go here. We go here all the time and that's what we do. And and then after we bowl, we generally, we all say, okay, we're, we're gonna do our group dinner and things like that. Uh-huh. But but this year, but that year was a little was a little different because I, there was a, there were you know I had a lot of few distractions there. Uh, probably was the first year that both my wife and daughter had attended uh-huh. any of the events um, since I've been bowling it. Okay, now this was only three years ago, so the lane maintenance protocols were the same then as they were last year and as they will be this year in Reno. Uh, two different oil patterns, fresh every squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys, both team event, team event didn't go great, but you know going into the next day that you've got a different oil pattern you're going to be competing on. You said you guys bowled the Bowler's Journal, so you kind of had an idea of what it might be like, although it does play different from the Bowling Center as it, than it does at the Plaza. Um, so how did you guys strategically regroup after a disappointing team event getting ready for the next day on that second pattern? Yeah, that was uh, that was. That was a that was different. I think we all handled it kind of well, differently a- after after we we had a probably one of our eh, not our best showings, of course, as you as mm-hmm. you mentioned. And I like a lot of us kind of scattered a little bit to just to just uh, clear our minds. Did some did some gambling, see some shows, and just mm-hmm. kind of just chill out a little bit and, and not to say get it off our mind, but but just try to restart for the next day. And, you know, I, I, we all, I guess we all handle it a little differently. I, I was pretty, I was pretty uh, dejected, I think after, after some of that bowling, but uh, mm-hmm. I had to, had to figure out how to come back the next day. Now, the good thing is about an event like this is that while you are limited on how much equipment you can bring based on where you're traveling from, how you're getting there, uh, the two oil patterns aren't very different from one another. So you don't need, you know, polished bowling balls on one pattern and scuffed bowling balls on another and that are completely different types of balls, you can use kind of the same equipment on each pattern. So when you get to singles and doubles, it's slightly different, a little bit longer. The volume's a little different than what team event was last year. Uh, what clicked in doubles? What was it about that oil pattern that that you guys matched up on so well? I think I, I think what happened was I, at least for me what I did I just stopped trying so hard and just just and I, I just collected my thoughts and what I decided to do since I had a rough a rough first day mm-hmm. I decided to go with a ball a ball that that I just was a little more comfortable with it may not have been the right the right one for the pattern or not but I decided to well let me you know. I usually had that strategy of what I want to try, and I started with this this ball, 
And I said, well, this is, I'm really comfortable with this one. I'm going to start with that to at least take, take a lot of other factors out of the equation. Mm-hmm. So if I'm having any type of, you know, grip issues or whatever, I said, this one feels good. And I can at least focus on, you know, hitting my target and just, just, just bowling. Now, as, as you all bowl three games, you're, you know, the oil's moving around in the lane. It's getting picked up by the ball. It's getting carried down to the back ends. The pattern is transitioning. Uh, do you, did you, you guys, you and Bob, did you all work with each other and talk a lot about moves or transitions and, and try and help one another? We do sometimes. We don't, we don't do, we don't communicate as lot, uh, a lot, um, as much as we could, like a lot of teams do, because mm-hmm. a lot of our styles are a little different. But we do focus on, you know, certain areas of the lane that we play and we kind of we are always watching each other and and we do every now and then make some suggestions and say, hey, well, maybe, you know, maybe you want to play over there or try that. Well, you kind of play off each other. And 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 that's kind of, how you know, that's just kind of how we how we do. We just kind of just uh, you just roll with what's there. Now, with this being the first year of the standard division, we really weren't sure how the scores were going to play out, what kind of scoring range the lead would, you know, it would take to win. Uh, when you found out that you guys were the leaders after you got done, what were your, what were your first initial thoughts on that? Were you excited? Were you surprised? Were you shocked? What were you thinking? It, it was very interesting when we, well, of course, after, after doubles, you bowl singles. So in mm-hmm. the middle of the, when we were bowling singles, uh, Bob came to me and uh, he, he kind of like, I'm pretty focused when I'm bowling. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, I, but I get, you know, I have a good time and I'm talking to people, but I, I kind of block a lot of things out. So Bob said to me, he says, oh, after we're finished bowling, he says, we, uh, they want to talk to us over there. And I didn't really, it didn't click what he was talking about. So, right. so and I think he caught me kind of like it was my turn to bowl. So mm-hmm. I get there and I bowl. And then a couple frames later, he says, Remember, we need to go talk to this gentleman over here after <laughs> Bowen. And, and so finally, I was like, what are we talking to him about? And he says, oh, we're leading. I go, we're leading? And not, see, being the first year of standard, you know, we, we didn't know anything about numbers. Right. I go, but we only shot this. It's like, we're leading? And that just, it just, it, it just kind of would just change a lot of things. Just made me speechless a little bit. I said, I think he's serious because I thought he was just make you know just kidding around in the beginning. And then he said, Oh, okay. And then afterwards, you know, yeah, we uh, met up with um, one of your colleagues, uh, Brian, and he interviewed us about being in the lead. And I, I really didn't believe it till it started. He started talking to us, and <laughs> and uh, it really happened. And you know, my wife was you know going crazy back there and my daughter they're all waiting and my our teammates and other companion team uh they're like do we hang around do we leave and mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was a, a very shocking moment to tell you what i didn't what isn't even thinking about it at all now you, it you said you you found out midway through singles give or take yeah so once Dwayne told you that how difficult did it make the rest of that single set i i I was thinking, well, I was it did it didn't change it a whole lot because I said, well, it's May. They they fall to July, you know, we uh-huh. didn't you know, we did shoot tremendous scores. And I said, Well, we'll see what what it's all about afterwards, because I didn't you know, I didn't have the board or didn't have the numbers in my head of what's nearby. Uh-huh. So um 
So when uh, we found out, you know, and, and plus there were a lot of distractions too that that did help singles a little bit because we were also bowling at the time when uh, you guys had another uh, 100,000 pin recipient. And so it stopped all bowling. So it took all the it took all the uh, the pressure attention away. So I didn't even think about it again and just started just kept on bowling. I was like, I don't know what this meeting afterwards with this guy Brian's all about. <laughs> yeah. So Stuart, I knew you'd be the, the right guy for this conversation to come on and, and, and speak about not only the tournament, but the standard division and, and being a, a champion there. Um, it's very clear how much the event means to you. Uh, you and Robert both combining for more than 60 years on the tournament lanes. Uh, and then to be able to see uh, all these, these goals and hopes come true uh, and get to the lead and then to hear uh, what a surprise it was and just to see and hear the appreciation uh, in your voice and in the story. And then, of course, going through this journey with you uh, from taking the lead now to, uh, to talking about it uh, almost three years later. Um, but the fact also that that was your daughter, Adriana, it was her very first time competing in the Open Championships. So she got to be there and experience it again. Uh, as we talked with Duane, uh, there's no better way to, to make a second time than to have such a memorable first time. Uh, and she got to be there and experience this. Uh, you got to do it as a family, uh, taking the lead in the interview, and it's all part of it. Um, and after 20-plus years, uh, I imagine it already was incredibly special, but to be able to, to have her there, to see that, and then we'll talk about next year, but uh, to have her there and, and see that happen and unfold, uh, how cool is that? It was more than cool. Uh, it, it was an experience uh, that that you can't even reproduce. Uh, I say be having her there and my wife, that's what helped also in the distraction, I guess, of not thinking about the doubles because uh, she was subbing on the other side. So I kept leaving my side to walk over to check her, check on her to see how she's doing. Cause she, and, and so it was going back and forth. So I had that distraction. I had the hundred thousand pin bowler, that distraction. And my wife was in the stand that had all these things. So it was a lot going on and knowing, like say, that's her first year. I wanted her to be comfortable. Um, I wasn't even thinking about myself at the time. Uh, because you know she wasn't bowling with our companion team, she was just something with uh, mm -hmm. another team that just picked her up, and so I wanted to make sure she got comfortable. I know she's very comfortable in bowling; she's very experienced. Uh, I work with her a lot. Her and I are kind of kind of just click, and uh, so having her there with everybody, it's and every and everybody knows her too. Uh, my my teammates, uh, it was very special. Now, in, in my own career at the Open Championships, uh, typically I would post my score, uh, and then I wouldn't be checking the leaderboards. Uh, it would be more looking at the loaded cash number to see if I was going to hang on for a couple bucks. Uh, but here you guys are, brand new division. Uh, 12.36 was your doubles total. Uh, again, in the decades previously, uh, that would have been a, a cashing number for sure. You'd be taking home some prize money. But here you are in the lead, and now you get to enjoy uh, the experience of watching those leaderboards and, and keeping an eye on things as you said, from the middle of May all the way until July. So you had half the tournament to go to wait and see. Again, there's there's no history of this division to know uh, really how good that number was, but uh, there you are in the lead. Uh, tell us about the wait and the months that followed until you uh, you got notification that it was, in fact, uh, the real deal for you and Mr. Tonelli. Well, I'm like you. What? Yeah, normally every year you look at the load of cash number, 
And then when this happened, yeah, so we were very excited. I kind of looked at the board a little bit and I said, ah, oh, that number's that that's number's gonna get beat. But when it kept hanging around and hanging around a little longer, then I started looking a little more. Well, plus my teammates were were doing the looking for me. They'd, you know, send me a text or an email and say, Hey, you know what? This and this and this. So it got me a little more interested because I kept I had no idea that that score would hold that long. Right now, there's really a few more twists in this story as well. Uh, you knew at that point, I believe, uh, that no matter what happened, no matter how this turned out, Robert was going to be taking off the 2018 event, right? He would not be joining you guys on the Lanes of Syracuse, uh, defending champions or not. So uh, he stayed in Las Vegas and did his thing, and you headed back to the East Coast to, to wait it out. Of course, then you were able to hold on and win. Uh, there was the Eagle presentation, which was, a, I know, a very proud moment for you. Some great pictures we got from that as well. Uh, but knowing that now that you guys, in fact, were the champions at the OC uh, and you would not be able to take the lanes together once again after 22 years together, uh, tell us about that and how that transpired. And, and did you try to talk him into to joining you out there to, to at least put that title on the line? Yeah, we tried to, tried to, and it didn't, you know, it didn't change his mind. Uh, it it was going to be different. Uh, it's, I'm not sure disappointing is the right word or not, but it was disappointing because I, I, I've always bowled with him there. Hmm. Um, I guess what helped it's, you know, I, I convinced my teammates to allow Adriana to bowl with me. Right. And, and so that, you know, that softened it, softened it to, to, you know, bring her in, you know, she could bowl with people she knows. Um, you know, I wish, I wish Bob and I could have both gone out together to receive our watches at the same time. Uh, it would have been really special. And that, that was, that was, that was a surprise. Cause I didn't know that. Cause I knew, I knew a fair amount of people in the squad room and they started, you know, <laughs> congratulating me and say, Hey, you know, uh, such and such wants to talk to you. This person wants to talk to you. And I go, and you started meeting all these people are like, wow, <laughs> it's like we, we met new people. As you saw, as you see in, in the chat, there's a lot of people that are just saying, hello. We made some new friends uh, just because this, because I guess I, I'm not a first timer. And uh, it's amazing how many people actually realize who you are or see you. Well, we definitely like to keep the surprises coming. And of course, uh, being a champion at the Open Championships, uh, that is a huge deal. A history going back to 1901. You are a part of it. Your name forever uh, will be in the record book. And in that venue there in Syracuse, of course, uh, your name was on one of those championship banners. You got the watch right there. Uh, and then you got to bowl with your daughter. Uh, I know it wasn't uh, it wasn't your, your co-champion, but as you said, it couldn't have been a, a more special replacement for you. And, and here she is in her second year now at the OC. Uh, and you guys get to take the lanes together. And, and I imagine that's a, a pretty close second or maybe – uh, almost a tie for first as far as uh, memorable OC experiences for you. Yeah, it's a pretty close. It's a pretty close second. Second, uh, uh, we but we had some some memorable experiences too because when when uh, when uh, when Fran came to talk to us and and interview us, I wasn't expecting that. And that uh, you guys did another story on us, and that was that was memorable. Uh, you have that eagle right there next to your left shoulder. Um, yes, I did. What does it mean? How awesome is that to 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 walk in and see that every single day of your life? It's unbelievable. Like I, I tell people, I, you know, I just, I, it's hard to, it's it's uh, speechless about it. It's uh, it's an amazing to have and know 
how hard it is to to earn it and would never i've never never would have uh, expected this lisa you can't plan it well you're definitely a, a a great champion and a great spokesperson for the event uh you also have another big milestone coming up in 2020 uh it would be your 25th open championships of course things are a little bit crazy right now the event pushed back now september 12th will be the start date and we'll go until uh, almost thanksgiving at the end of november there uh, have you guys been able to, to figure out how the group's going to get to go and are we going to see you in reno for number 25 yes we're we uh we did have to uh you know forego this year and we are gonna you know regroup for reno and make it all happen again all right now uh your years were consecutive i believe as well and i know yep. that's uh, pretty special for some folks is any chance of uh, making a trip, maybe you and Adriana coming out to Reno to uh, to get on the sub board or put together a team uh, just to keep that streak intact? Well, we hadn't thought about that. Um, you know, I know we keep the consecutive if we if we miss, but it's not the same. You know, it's a different type of consecutive, but um, okay. uh, you know because of COVID. Uh, but now we we're just be you know next next year will be next year will be when we go out. Okay. And, you know, the way things are going, it's a, there's been a lot of changes, uh, you know, in the current year. So, uh, okay. we're playing it safe. Totally understandable. Um, now as you guys get ready for 2021, which really isn't that far away anyway. Uh, and she gets ready to continue her open championships career. What advice do you have for her or for the next crop of first timers or newcomers or, or anybody that you invite along? What advice would you have for, uh, just being diligent, putting in the work and not only appreciating the experience, but, uh, taking advantage of it, and then uh, you never know what could happen on the lanes. Of course, that's true. You 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 have to be prepared to go out there and and see something different. It's not it's not going to be what you're used to seeing, and, and she's aware of that now because uh, as you've seen with uh with some of the people that called in, like uh, uh, Daryl, who's bold nationals, had the two three hundreds in the open championships, and he bowled in in our sport league together and she's i bowled with her there and we learned a lot bowling in that league and uh that league really helped us i think a little bit more for bowling in the tournament and so you know doing it for a long time yeah we kind of know a little bit what to expect but a lot of newcomers you you got to come out give it a chance uh expect something different and expect it to be challenging very challenging. All right. Now with, uh, with 2021, uh, just a, a few months away, and you've recently relocated to, to North Carolina uh, since winning your title. Um, what has life been like for you just in general uh, and bowling-wise? Have you had a chance to bowl at all, um, or what, what are the plans? Yeah, well, it was, it was different because I didn't join any leagues because I knew I was going to be moving in the middle of the season, and I didn't want to quit on anybody. Um, season so i didn't join any leagues and so i had to restart pretty much i had to learn what bowling alleys are down here i had to meet new friends and meet new people and bowlers and uh i got here and i finally did find some places that i could call home maybe or i met some people and some places i could bowl and i was actually getting going you know subbing a lot practicing a lot and then uh COVID hit and kind of you know put a little flat tire there now, as far as the family time, father-daughter time, um, where is Adriana these days? And, and, and do you guys get to spend much time on the lanes together practicing or getting ready, especially with tournament season 
uh, which what would have been tournament season. She's still in Maryland, so we, we, we don't see each other very as often now. So we have to kind of, kind of communicate electronically. And then, you know, we make visits up there. And she makes visits down here. So she's kind of like now on her own with her friends. And I'm on my own down here, bowling-wise. All right. Now, as, as we get back to normal life, is there anything in particular that you're really just looking forward to, to doing and experiencing, of course, besides um, looking at that eagle? Uh just taking it one day at a time. Looking forward to retirement one day. <laughs> all right. And get back on the lanes. That's awesome. And uh, hopefully that happens soon for all of us. I know Mr. Ferris has been tossing the ball uh, a few times this week already. And uh, I'm sure that will continue to, to grow. And we'll be headed back to work uh, very soon as well. Mr. Ferris, uh, before we head out, any final thoughts or questions uh, for Stuart about, uh, about life or the OC or, or winning a title? No, I just I like talking to guys like Stewart who have accomplished something like this for the first time in their careers so late in their OC career. And I say so late. I mean, you didn't do it in the first five or ten years. A lot of people these days, they want results now. They expect greatness now, and they don't want to put in the time or work or effort or the blood, sweat, and tears and dedication like you have to this sport and to going to the OC, which will, which will be 25 years in a row uh, once you make it to Las Vegas next year. So to win this title in your 22nd year just goes to show – it goes back to what we talked about with John Janowitz, that if you don't have success your first, second, or third year out, don't quit. Don't just say, oh, well, I didn't do anything great, so I'm going to quit. Keep going because you never know when you're going to find, like I said for Dwayne, that lightning in a bottle. You never know when you and your doubles partner of 22 years are going to match up at the same time when you haven't matched up together for the previous 21, and boom, you've got an eagle sitting on your uh, desk behind your shoulder. Right. So. Just keep fighting, keep going, keep coming out to the OC. Always try and get better, try and learn, um, and never give up, never surrender. Could have said it better. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you both for the insight, of course. And, and Stuart, thank you for speaking so eloquently uh, about the Open Championships and, and what it means and um, really summarizing what we already think and feel. But um, most people, they, they don't believe us, but when we hear from the, the real guys, uh, it sounds so much better. So thank you uh, for that and for being, of course, a part of our history and tradition and keeping in touch uh, after that amazing Eagle winning performance. Uh, we want to thank all the folks at home. looks like Stuart has a lot of fans in the chat. That is terrific. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in for today's show. Again, uh, we took a little bit of a turn and, and look back at uh, some of our classified and standard division champions, which uh, is pretty special as well uh, always love talking to these guys and recapping those great moments and uh, we'll have more shows coming up in the coming weeks uh, next week next thursday brian o'keefe junior team usa head coach joins the inside the oc podcast and of course as always uh, regular programming here on bowl tv we've got the pwba podcast on mondays and wednesdays and the sport of bowling show every friday and some great bowl tv only content with daniel farish emil williams jr and curtis von kruger uh, on Bull TV as well. So check those out. Very cool stuff coming your way uh, as we get into the summer months here. And uh, and as always, thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions, remember to drop those in the chat and you can join us during any show and ask questions uh, directly to our guests uh, or something for us to answer later. Uh, but uh, we do appreciate everybody tuning in. Daniel has one final thought. Yeah, just a quick shout out for those of you that would love some more Bull TV content, Bull TV only content. Uh, coming up this afternoon at 4 o'clock, this week's Throwback Thursday match hosted by Emil Williams Jr. features a historic championship uh, between 
Uh, Carolyn Dorn Ballard, who was going for her seventh title of the season against Michelle Feldman at the 2001 Brunswick Women's World Open. So check that out, 4 o'clock Eastern, right here on Bowl TV only. There you go. All the specifics uh, from Mr. Ferris, and you can check it out again on Bowl TV. The schedule is there as well. Uh, but that is going to do it for today's edition of Inside the OC. My name is Matt Canizaro for Daniel Ferris, Stuart Sack, and Dwayne Brosse. Thanks for tuning in, folks. That's the news for now. See you on the links.